Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to another weekend bonus episode of the Tech Meme Ride Home. I'm Brian McCullough. As discussed, here is the first Gadgets episode. We're going to run down all the best stuff that debuted at CES. I'm hoping these episodes are the most fun new type of episodes we do, sort of the most loose. Again, we don't get to talk a lot about fun new gadgets because we always have to focus on the news. But there is cool new stuff every day, and so every so often on these episodes we'll talk about that. Not just smartphones, but laptops, smart home stuff, headphones, robots, whatever. Do note that these episodes going forward will go behind the paywall. In fact, what you're about to hear is a chopped up version of the full episode, basically cut in half. Since this is on the ad-supported feed, it'll also have ads, but I hope you'll consider subscribing to the Ride Home Plus feed to hear the second half of this episode. Just go to tech.supercast.tech and the very bottom link in the show notes will let you sign up automatically right in your podcast app. Enjoy. Welcome to another weekend bonus episode of the Tech Meme Ride Home. I'm Brian McCullough. As promised, here is a whole wrap-up of a lot of the cool things that got announced at CES earlier this month. It's the whole gamut from new robots to cool laptops to smart home stuff. And guess what? This is not just a one-off episode. Over the weeks, I'll be keeping a file of cool new gadgets that come out over the course of the year. And every so often this year, we'll do an episode like this. Call it Interesting Gadgets, maybe? So here you go. The first Interesting Gadgets episode. Here are some of the interesting things from CES this year. Ever wanted to control your Apple Watch with just a gesture? Rather than touching the screen, a new device called the Mudra Band promises just that, and there are no janky cameras or IR sensors involved. Instead, it's a smart strap that claims to pick up signals sent from your brain to your hand so that when you make a gesture such as pinching your fingers together, it interprets the movement as a command and sends that to the watch via Bluetooth. Quoting from Gizmodo, the Mudra band looks pretty much like any smartwatch band would, except that the inside lining has several square-shaped surface nerve conductance, or SNC, sensors. These sensors measure something the company refers to as biopotentials, basically the electrochemical activity produced by your nervous system. Fundamentally, this is the same concept used by more familiar tech like ECGs, albeit for a much different purpose, end quote. The band isn't available yet, but it was demoed at CES and won over skeptical audiences, including Gizmodo's Victoria Song. Quoting again, 
Guy Wagner, the president and chief scientist at Wearable Devices Limited, the company behind Mudra, demoed the device to me over video due to the pandemic, of course, and it was actually impressive. On the Mudra app, I could see how the band was able to identify specific gestures, as well as detect in real time when those gestures were made. More astonishing was the fact that if Wagner used his other hand to move a finger, nothing registered at all. I have to do it intentionally, Wagner explained. If I move it mechanically, nothing will happen. It's the intention to do a movement. It's not me thinking about making a phone call to someone or answering or dismissing that call, end quote. So it's not mind-reading in the way we normally think of it, but watching it, it seemed pretty damn close, end quote. Mudra's makers say that they're focusing on gestures involving phone calls and media controls to start with. It's not available to the public yet, though it's raised more than $210,000 on Indiegogo and expects to ship its first production batch to backers in March. Three CESs ago in 2019, Sony introduced its 360 reality audio platform, promising to add a spatial dimension to high-resolution music such that listeners would feel, quote, as if they are immersed in sound from all directions, end quote. 360 Reality Audio is a platform composed of two parts. The content encoded in MPEG H3D audio and the playback on consumer devices like speakers and headphones that supports the format. On the content side, Sony has its own record label and has been busily encoding music, including older tracks recorded in a multi-track format, to support 360 playback. As of last year, it had done deals with high-resolution audio providers like Tidal to make the tracks available over streaming and demoed the system using headphones and prototype speakers. The whole thing remained very much a CES curiosity rather than something mainstream consumers could or would adopt. This year, however, it seems Sony's making a real push to make 360 reality audio a thing. It says it will expand the content library, currently around 4,000 tracks, and license the tech to other companies. It also introduced two speakers that will support 360 playback, the SRS-RA5000 and SRS-RA3000, quoting from Engadget. The RA5000 houses seven total drivers, three up-firing, three side-firing, and a center-mounted woofer. The RA3000 employs five, two tweeters, two passive radiators, and a single full-range driver. Both are wrapped in a cloth cover with bronze or silver accents and speaker grills. In the case of the RA3000, you'll have the choice of either black bronze or light gray silver, while it appears the larger RA5000 will only come in black. To properly project 360 reality audio in all directions, each speaker is capable of ambient room-filling sound that beams noise in all directions. If the content you're listening to isn't available in Sony's 360 format, an immersive audio enhancement algorithm transforms stereo tracks for a simulated experience. Both speakers offer a range of wireless connectivity, including Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, Spotify Connect, and Google Cast. With either the Google Home or Amazon Alexa app, you can set up units as part of a multi-room audio system. You can also control the RA5000 and RA3000 with your voice via a Google Assistant or Alexa-compatible device. What's more, 
You can wirelessly connect both speakers to select Sony Bravia TVs to enhance your streaming binges. Sony offers a degree of customization with its Music Center app. With that software, you can control music and playlists as well as adjusting settings like the EQ and more. Both speakers will also adjust volume automatically, according to the company. With this feature, Sony promises consistent levels even if songs vary in loudness from track to track, end quote. Sony says we'll be able to get our hands on the devices in the spring. U.S. pricing hasn't been revealed yet, though Android Police reports that in the U.K., the RA5000 will sell for £500. That's about $680. What CES would be complete without some TV announcements, right? Leading the pack this year is LG which announced a suite of new OLED TVs featuring what the company says is, quote, the next step in the evolution of OLED TV technology that delivers better luminosity for higher brightness and punchy images with amazing clarity, detail, and realism, end quote. They're so proud of it, they've even given it a new name, OLED Evo. Brightness has long been an issue with OLED screens compared with LCD. Although OLED delivers perfect blacks, it hasn't been able to compete with LCD brightness in brightly lit rooms. LG says the Evo panel found in its flagship G1 TV will go brighter than any of its previous TVs, including in HDR mode. The G1 will be available in 77, 65, and 55-inch sizes. More details from The Verge on LG's mid-range TV, the C1, quote, Last year, LG's CX OLED was picked by many as the best TV for next-gen consoles like the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. LG is following up on the CX with the C1, and there's a new supersized 83-inch model in the lineup. This is a strong indicator that LG and Sony, which announced an 83-inch OLED last week, are using the same panel from LG Display. The 2021 lineup still supports VRR, G-Sync, and FreeSync, and it gets a brand new game optimizer area of settings that brings together all of the options most important to gamers, like refresh rate, VRR, low latency, and more. You can pick the genre of game you're playing to have presets applied or customize everything to your own liking. Samsung is offering a similar concept in its 2021 TVs. But now LG is putting a superior, brighter panel in the G1 series to help distinguish it from the more affordable C series in more ways than design alone. The G1 has the gallery design that helps it fit flush against the wall when mounted. Both the G1 and C1 series support LG's new gallery stand, which might appeal to people who don't want to mount their OLED, end quote. There will also be an entry-level TV, the A1 series, which has an older processor, the LG A7, compared to the A1 and the C1 and G1, and fewer input ports. All will support an updated version of WebOS, promising faster access to apps and simpler content discovery capability with even more personalized recommendations. There will also be a new Magic Remote with hotkeys for streaming services. Pricing has yet to be announced for any of the models, though it's expected they'll show up by spring. Anyone who already has Philips Hue bulbs knows that the whole Hue system of smart lighting works pretty darn well right up until someone flips a light switch on the wall, which could turn off one or more bulbs. Well, 
Signify, the company that used to be Philips Lighting and continues to use the Philips brand under a licensing agreement for Hue products, has finally come out with a solution. More details from TechCrunch. Quote, called the Wall Switch Module, it's expected to ship later this year. Spring, if you're in Europe, or summer, if you're in North America. Once wired up, it turns your existing light switch into something more like a Hue controller, allowing it to toggle between different light presets rather than simply cutting power. At $40 each, or $70 for a two-pack, it's not cheap. Add in the fact that it's powered by a battery, presumably to remove the need for a neutral wire and simplify installation, with an estimated lifespan of five years, this probably isn't something you want to implement housewide. But for a single light switch or two, it seems like a decent solution, end quote. Asus is releasing a Chromebook aimed at the professional and power user market. Called the CX-9, it's expected to be released in the U.S. in the second quarter of this year, and it's equipped with kit not generally found in run-of-the-mill Chromebooks. Quoting from The Verge, Per Asus, the Chromebook CX-9 is powered by up to an 11th gen Intel Core i7 processor. That's an unusual processor to see in a Chromebook. Students and more casual Chromebook customers don't usually need more than a Core i3, but it's the best option for power users. It also packs that power into quite a portable chassis, which is just 0.63 inches thick, or 16 millimeters, and 2.2 pounds. And Asus says it meets the MIL-STD-810H U.S. military standards for durability, so you should have no problem battering it around. In addition, the new Chromebook supports Wi-Fi 6 and includes Harman Kardon certified dual speakers. Asus says it's loaded with I.O. ports, including the new Thunderbolt 4 standard, as well as HDMI outputs. And it offers Titan C security, Google's security chip designed specifically for Chromebooks, end quote. More news from Asus, which also unveiled a portable projector speaker combo at CES. Named the Zenbeam Latte L1, it's about the size of a coffee cup. More details from Slashgear, quote, The Zenbeam Latte is about the size of a portable Bluetooth speaker, and it can function as one with the built-in Harman Kardon 10-watt speaker and Bluetooth connectivity. When used as a portable speaker, users can expect around 12 hours of runtime on a charge. The projector aspect of the Latte L1 is the most interesting part, of course, offering projected image sizes ranging from 40 inches to 120 inches. The model has a modest 300 lumens of brightness via LEDs and can run for around three hours when a video is projected, just enough time to get through a movie or two. The projector has three modes, gaming, movie, and music, each of which is self-explanatory. As expected, users can stream content with the Latte, but they'll have to get their apps through Aptoid TV, a free app store alternative for entertainment hardware based on Android, end quote. No pricing has been announced yet, but it's expected to be available to buy in the second quarter of the year. Almost a full year into the coronavirus pandemic, masks of all kinds are now ubiquitous and part of daily life. I guess it was inevitable 
in this first virtual Consumer Electronics Show for masks and COVID-related gear to show up. And sure enough, gaming company Razer, which converted some of its manufacturing facilities to produce certified medical masks early on in the pandemic, has come out with a concept called Project Hazel, a smart mask designed to be worn every day, quoting from IGN. It would use a detachable, rechargeable, active ventilation system to regulate airflow with N95 medical-grade respirator protection to filter at least 95% of airborne particles. The design also features a transparent front panel so that people can see your facial expressions or, when communicating with people who are deaf or hard of hearing, read your lips. The mask would also use a voice amp technology featuring a built-in microphone and amplifier to prevent the mask from muffling your voice. And on top of it, of course, it features Razer Chroma RGB lighting. Of course, to be clear, Project Hazel is only a concept project and is extremely unlikely to come to market in its current form, if at all. That said cheesy sci-fi aesthetics aside, it's nice to see companies thinking about ways to take on some of the common complaints about masks, given they have become an essential part of everyday life, end quote. When asked if the mask would ever actually be made available, Razor CEO Ming-Lang Tan tweeted, quote, We are taking feedback at this point of time on the concept design, and if it gets enough interest, we will bring it to market. So keep the feedback coming, end quote. We all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines, their family group chat, their crossword puzzles, just because they're available right now or they take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance, so literally no compromises here, because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. And these docs all have verified reviews from actual real patients. We're talking about booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed credible doctors and specialists. I have personally used ZocDoc to find a podiatrist when I needed one for the first time ever in my life. Go to ZocDoc.com tech meme and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash tech meme. ZocDoc.com slash tech meme. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity, but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months. Or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop 
in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride collide.com slash ride. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Okay, so as I said, the actual episode continues on from here. The full episode is on the Ride Home Plus feed, and it comes in at 32 minutes. That was just a taste of what these episodes will be like. If you'd like to hear the rest, do subscribe at tech.supercast.tech. Again, link in the bottom of the show notes. And actually, to remind you of why I think the Ride Home Plus feed is a pretty good deal, I'm going to replay the Ride Home Plus feed announcement from earlier in the week right now. Okay, so on to the big podcast announcement, as promised. Let me give you the top-level details and then circle back for the specifics. Today, we are officially launching the Tech Meme Ride Home Plus feed. It will be $5 a month. You can subscribe right in the link in the show notes today or by going to tech.supercast.tech. If you are an existing premium subscriber via Glow, you don't have to do anything. Your existing feeds will work, and you're going to get everything I'm about to mention without having to lift a finger. But if you are new to considering a premium subscription to this show, I would like you to use our new link at tech.supercast.tech. That's the new membership system we're going to use going forward. So everything I'm about to outline to you is also helpfully explained if you go to tech.supercast.tech. Okay, so a couple years ago when we first launched the bonus episodes, it was simply to do deeper dives into things that we talk about week in and week out. I love the format of the show, 15 to 20 minutes, here's what you miss, boom, 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 in and out. But sometimes it's worth going deeper. You know, what are small satellites? Why has crypto come back? Who is Masason? What is a SPAC? That sort of thing. So I've long wanted to do more of that. Thus, the new episode formats we've been experimenting with, like Office Hours episodes, like Interesting Rays episodes, like Gadget Roundup episodes, the first of which is coming this Saturday. And to support the extra work that's going into doing this extra content, we've constructed this new feed, what we're calling the Ride Home Plus feed. I very much didn't want to do a premium feed that took things away from you and just put them behind a paywall. So Monday through Friday, regular episodes are going to stay exactly the same. The usually weekend bonus interview episodes are not going away either. They will continue at the same cadence of, you know, one to two a month on the free ad-supported feed. But the Ride Home Plus feed will just be getting these new additional episodes on the regs. On the Ride Home Plus feed, you will get the Office Hours episodes. The next one is coming next weekend. It's with Gary Tan, co-founder and managing partner of Initialized Capital. We'll be talking to VCs in these episodes, but also company founders, founders of huge companies that you know of, and founders of companies that are up and coming that you might not know about yet. Again, 
The point of these episodes is to see what makes folks tick, how they work, and going forward, we also want to try to bring Ride Home Plus subscribers into these office hours sessions live so that folks can ask questions directly, maybe ask about investment theses or ideas about what's coming next. Heck, maybe even pitch your ideas to people. The Ride Home Plus feed will also have what we're calling Gadget Roundup episodes. We're starting that on Saturday with our Best of CES Roundup, but I'm also, every day, collecting news of cool new gadgets announced and released throughout the calendar year to take a look beyond the flagship smartphones, which is the only sort of gadget we typically get a chance to talk about. Consider this the least highfalutin of our new content offerings, because these episodes, they're just going to be cool new gear to learn about and geek out over and maybe even consider trying out for yourself. The Ride Home Plus feed will also have access to the new Interesting Rays episodes, which you got a taste of. Again, once a month or so, I want to give you the pulse of the startup space. I scan these Rays announce stories every day, and that's how I have a sense of the trends in startup land long before we even get around to talking about them on this show. If you're an investor... These episodes should help you keep abreast of what's hot. If you're an aspiring founder or even looking to work where things are happening, these episodes will help you get a sense of what is getting funded, what is hot, which ways the winds are blowing, so you can either jump on the bandwagon or go against the trends. And finally, we'll have something completely new, what we are calling our case study episodes. These are completely unique. You won't be able to get them anywhere else. I don't know anyone else doing stuff like this. You all know that I wrote the book, How the Internet Happened. I did the Internet History Podcast. Tech history is how I got into podcasting. So the case study episodes are going to be me keep doing what I hope I do well, doing tech history and analysis that will be heavily researched and deep dives into all sorts of things. Some episodes will be straight-up Harvard Business School-style case studies, like maybe someday we'll do one on TikTok, where it came from, what it did differently, what it means to the market. But really, these episodes will be about anything and everything. The first one I've got lined up that I'm actually still writing right now is a look at the Microsoft antitrust case from 20 years ago. Given the current antitrust climate, I thought it would be useful to look back at what happened when we went down this road before. The first episode of that is coming in a couple weeks. And I should stress, it will only be the first episode because these shows will come out as sort of I don't know, what would you call them? Mini-series? Seasons? I'll be releasing them as I write them. They'll be multi-part series. The Microsoft Antitrust Deep Dive is probably going to be about three episodes at least, maybe more. And after that, I have planned a history of Silicon Valley. Not the concept of Silicon Valley, but literally the place. If Silicon Valley is over, if everyone is fleeing to Texas or Miami... I thought it would be worth looking at the various economic, geographic, demographic, even environmental reasons why Silicon Valley happened when and especially where it happened in the first place. And I can see that being maybe a half a dozen episodes or more. Then we could do things like a history of Apple and the first Steve Jobs era, maybe a biography of Bill Gates, a history of Intel or the whole Wintel duopoly, maybe a history of things like the hashtag and the at sign going back to the Renaissance, all sorts of stuff. History, case studies, deep dives. And then on top of that, of course, a quick reminder 
Every episode in the Ride Home Plus feed will be ad-free, even the daily normal news shows. So not only will you get all these new types of bonus episodes I just described, but you will also get the normal weekday episodes and the traditional interview bonus episodes completely ad-free. Don't sleep on that as a value, because if you listen every day, that would be saving you as much as 65 minutes of listening time every month. And one last personal pitch for why I hope you'll consider subscribing— Yes, some of you might know that we raised a seed round to help grow Ride Home Media and hopefully launch a galaxy of Ride Home podcasts in a bunch of different niches. But this show, the original Ride Home, the Tech Meme Ride Home, it's only me. Still, only me. Every day, I write the 2,500 words or so for the script. I record the audio. I edit the audio. I do the whole shebang. It's only me. This is what I do for my living. The other Ride Home shows are sort of my side hustle. If you subscribe to this premium feed, you are very much supporting my work on this show directly every single day. If you value that work I do every single day, I very much appreciate you being willing to directly patronize it as opposed to having sponsors subsidize it on your behalf. I love our sponsors, of course, but I love having a direct relationship with you even more. So all of this is launching this Saturday with our CES Gadget Roundup episode, then the following Saturday, Office Hours with Gary Tan, then we'll see what comes next, probably episode one of the Microsoft Antitrust Case, maybe the next Interesting Rays episode, we'll see. Join us in this new explosion of content. Go to tech.supercast.tech. Use the helpful link right at the bottom of the show notes today because that lets you sign up right inside your podcast player, right where you're listening to me right now. You can have the Ride Home Plus feed set up in like two minutes. You pay right there via your phone using Apple Pay or Google Pay. There are two options, a monthly option at $5 a month or a yearly plan at $52 a year, so the better part of two months free if you sign up right now. You can cancel at any time. So if you give it a try and don't like it, just cancel super simple. If you decide to dip in and dip out every few months or so, depending on the bonus content that you're interested in, that's fine. If you just sign up once to download a bunch of back catalog episodes and binge, that's fine too. But if you sign up for a year, again, you'll get essentially two months free. And again, you get all this and more information by going to tech.supercast.tech. Link at the bottom of the show notes. Join the Mutant Podcast Army in a new way. Thanks in advance. Talk to you tomorrow.